ZM Sealed Section. Where you can ask whatever you want. Who are we to judge? Thanks to New Zealand On Air. My girlfriend just broke up with me about an hour ago and I can't get her off my mind. What can I do? So I'm going to tackle this one. This is Life Coached here. And I just want to say that um, I am recently, um, have been walking the avenue of, of heartache myself uh, about probably about four months ago now. I broke up with my boyfriend and that was really tough. So my heart goes out to you. And I can completely understand how one hour into your walk along this journey, how painful it must be. Look, it's been a few months, but, you know, definitely in those first few months, I used to think about him every day. So my first, um, I suppose, um, note to you is don't expect this to go away um, immediately and it may take some time. And this might be a bit of different advice to what other people may give you, but I think often our, in our society we try and run away from feelings when we're feeling hurt or we're feeling angry or we feel upset and we people want us to move on really quickly and to be okay and you know try and find the positive side of things and that's really important because we don't want to marinate in our sadness but it's really important to um, acknowledge and accept and respect how you feel so um, if there are, is some sadness or some hurt or some anger that you're feeling sit with that be okay with it understand where it's coming from um, one way practically that I um, use to help deal with this was I would journal I'd give myself about 10 minutes and I'd write how I was feeling and then on the other side of that I'd try and write one thing that I was feeling proud of proud about myself with you know or, or I was grateful for in that day so you know my mum sent me a text this morning and I'm really grateful for her care or you know it's a beautiful day and what that does is it helps you um, feel what you're feeling because that's really important and acknowledge and respect that but also um, look at your life in a balanced way so that you don't marinate and sink into that dark hole which is very easy and understandable to do but um, give yourself a bit of time my experience heartache takes a bit of time to get through and you know I know personally I'm still working through it reach out to your family and your friends who love you because and say you need help you know you need to be loved and you maybe need a bit of distraction um, and embrace all the love and the care that they give you because I know for sure that those people that love you will want to um, help you and thank you for reaching out and I'm sending my love to you um, as I personally know how tricky that can be. And honestly, it's one of those things because it's, you know, when you lose somebody and, you know, they pass away or anything like that and there's no way to reach out and see how they are. But when you've lost somebody from a relationship or a friendship, there is that chance to do that, but nothing's coming back to you. So you're feeling a bit worse and you're like, that person's still in my life. I, I know that they can still be there, but I don't know how this is going to work. So. And I think there's some real negative feedback that we can give ourselves when we actually look through social media at what's happening in their lives. And I know from my own social media that I don't put on the piles of washing or the fact that I've just come here from doing dishes. I'll put on like a bunch of flowers that I got from a colleague, not the rest of life. Mm. So what you're seeing on their social media is a view that they are wanting the world to see not their reality like we all do so just try and be mindful of staying away from that and I would just pick up on a point that um, George made uh, that there is a bit of grieving it is there is a loss there and so that's okay there's a process that you go through but as somebody that at times thought you know this day is tough am I going to make it through or, you know you know what's the next day going to be like or it feels like a bit of a trudge I promise you it gets easier mm. and that that may be hard to accept and understand and see right now but if you can just reach out and have a little bit of faith in what I'm saying as somebody that's just going through this personally trust me it will get a bit easier.
ZM Sealed Section. Where you can ask whatever you want. I woke up one morning and couldn't hear properly out of one of my ears. It feels blocked and like it's got constant ringing. What could be happening? There's a whole lot of different things that can happen with your ears. It's kind of a really delicate kind, one of our organs. It's got these three little bones that all kind of vibrate together. And then there's this drum, which is called your tympanic membrane. It's all quite um, interesting and intricate stuff that's going on in our ear. And that sends messages to our brain that we interpret as sound. That's communication and music and like some woman twittering on on the radio as well. And some people choose to switch theirs off. Exactly. (laughs) And, but ringing in your ears is a common symptom for a few different things. But one of the most common scenarios is wax in your ears. And that is not a problem. Like having wax in your ears is a way that your ears clean themselves. And we kind of see wax as something that's dirty, but actually it's something that's our own body's cleaning mechanism so we kind of need to let it be but we shove in cotton wool buds and pick around in there and try and make it all clean and shiny and we're actually doing ourselves a disservice so the most common scenario and cause for ringing in your ears and that sense of blocked is a little bit too much wax and what you need to do is not do self-cares for it Mm. is to actually just maybe go to your doctor or if you're at school go to your school nurse and somebody can have a look in your ear and see what's going on we kind of treat our ears quite roughly you know we pierce them we do a lot of different things earbuds in them earbuds in them and um but it's our way, they, we use it for communication all the time and we need to treat them really well, mm. you know. So be mindful of when your phone has that little indicator on it that's saying music is going to be a little bit loud if you're listening with headphones. Mm. Be mindful of that because we live with the consequences of what we do with our ears. So I would suggest to you, if at all possible, to get yourself to see someone who can have a good look in your ear and find out what's going on. Mm. You can't oh. see my face in the studio, but I'm like, ooh going to go home and pay a lot more attention to the volume of my earbuds. Oh, well, yeah. Even right now, I'm like, right, where's the volume turn that? So Damn. you're not alone out there. Yeah. <laughs> and because what it does is that we lose some of the pictures in our ears so we can't hear things. You know, older people find sometimes find it more difficult to listen to um, higher pitched voice and that sort of thing. And that's because yeah. those sort of waves have been damaged the receptors for those waves have been damaged so we do really need to listen to ourselves about looking after our ear health and my dad's got tinnitus and I always just thought I was like dad you're make you're actually turning your ears off you're blocking us out <laughs> and so oh. but he'll be in a cafe and if there's too many especially noisy cafes where yeah. you hear everyone individually because I had a blocked ear for a while and I kind of felt what this person was feeling and um, mine just eventually went away, luckily. But I said to my dad, I was like, what is going on? And he, he basically said that, oh, when you're in a cafe, it's the worst because you hear everybody individually and yeah. everybody sounds 10 times high, more high-pitched yeah. than normal. Yeah. And it's not fun. And, <laughs> and one of the things we don't often know or re- know about our ears is that that's how we maintain our balance. Mm. So when people have problems with ears and ringing in their ears, they can lose their balance. It's, it's kind of, mm. they're very important to us. ZM Sealed Section. My twin sister is in the same class and friend group as me, and I love her, but she always interrupts me and doesn't uh, let me talk. She keeps making fun of me at school in front of my friends, and they laugh at me too. She argues with me over 
everything no matter what. She goes against me and won't listen to me. The way she treats me and what everyone else says about it, or they just laugh at me, makes me feel like no one likes me and it gets on my nerves so much. Sometimes it gets to the point where I cry myself to sleep because I just feel like no one will ever really like me for me. This breaks my heart and this can be hard. And I have heard stories of... um a few sets of friends and there's twins in the friend group and a lot of the time with it even though they are good friends themselves they're kind of competing against each other because I guess in a way you they've been brought up as people thinking that they're one person or they're one sort of similarity to each other and it can be quite hard so that could be an idea about what's going on here maybe a little bit of jealousy within each other mm, and I, I think know. it's I mean, my heart goes out to you. I, I come from a big group of sisters, so there's five of us all together, and we are, like, tight like bike shorts. We are very tight. And so it really um, makes me feel sad that you are not, you don't have that relationship with her currently. Not saying that it's not going to be or hasn't been like mm. that before. There's definitely an opportunity for this to be resolved, hopefully. And as people who have heard me speak on the show before know, I'm a really big advocate of trying as much as possible to – confront um not confront but i suppose have open communication and conversations with people where you can when then there when there is an issue i appreciate that in this instance that may be a bit challenging so one of the ideas that i had was potentially writing her a letter and articulating how you feel because you know going to bed at night crying yourself to sleep um being feel like you're being um, embarrassed or ridiculed and shamed in front of your friends is not positive. It's not a not a good feeling, and it's not okay as well as a personal boundary. That's not okay to have people treat you like that, even if they're your sister. So I think it's important to call out, um, you know, how her behaviour is making you feel. Um, the other thing that I was thinking as well, if you both are rolling in the same circle, you've got the same group of friends, you may be doing the same activities. And, you know, people are, as Georgia said, perhaps associating you as this one person when really you're two separate people mm. with your own identities and personalities. Perhaps there's an opportunity for you to maybe find a new group of friends or find some other activities where you can begin to express who you are by yourself with a group of people that acknowledge mm. and know you as your own person and not as so-and-so's twin. Because I can appreciate, and obviously not as, understand not being a twin myself, how being grouped like that could be quite suffocating. And particularly if everybody, you know, you you are known as this unit as opposed to yourself and what you bring and who you are, that would be really challenging. So maybe give yourself the opportunity to kind of free yourself up a little bit, explore who you are and find some people that appreciate that. I think that sounds really hopeful, sort of like the idea of actually sort of branching out a little bit. Really, really scary moving away from a secure group True. of friends and that sort of thing. So it, it you do have to be really brave in that situation. Mm. But maybe even just thinking about those friends, they haven't really got your back at the moment. Mm. So it mm. might be good to just identify one or two people that you do feel have your back mm. and maybe kind of start building from there. ZM Sealed Section. I've somehow contracted chlamydia, but the only person I've had contact with is my girlfriend, and we've had no problems in the past. How does this happen slash work? Chlamydia is a really interesting bacteria where it can actually be in your system for a long period of time, and unless you have a test for it, you won't know. So it can be there for years without causing any symptoms at all. By far the majority of the time, over 50% of the time, um, Chlamydia doesn't cause any symptoms, so unless you test, you don't know. So unless you've had a test for chlamydia previously, then you won't know that you haven't previously kind of had it. And it is a really, really tricky kind of thing when you're in a relationship and a 
sexually transmitted infection kind of shows up and it's like, how long has this been here? Does this mean that someone has had sex with another partner and those sorts of things? My kind of rule of thumb is, um, until you've had an opportunity to kind of have a conversation about it and talk to a health professional about it on a one-to-one kind of basis around your particular intricacies of what's going on, I don't presume that anything it's got anyone's had another sexual partner unless you think that's happening already Mm. this is not the kind of the deal breaker in that situation there's a couple of numbers I want to give you one of them is a family planning number and you can ring them and ask for some information an appointment there's they also have some really good information online and their number is 0800 372 546 or you can ring sexual health on 0800 739432 and both um, Family Planning and the New Zealand Sexual Health Society have some really good information online. Do you also reckon that it's um, probably best idea that the girlfriend gets checked as well? Oh completely, if you've got the infection you need to talk to a health professional about your particular situation, about your treatment and your partner's treatment because it's really important that partners of someone with an infection need to get treated. So you kind of need to look after your physical health and well-being and your partners and then you need to talk about all the psychological and the relationship things. In saying all this, sometimes there are false positives which means that the test is actually negative you don't have the infection but it's showing up as a positive in that situation we would treat and kind of try and work out what's going on as well because we want to make sure that your health is cared for and it's going to be a tough a tough conversation to have with your partner but it's just going in there honestly and um, open-minded I guess is important as well and going and have those chats together and making sure that you both go and see your GP and call those numbers one more time Suzanne Family planning 0800 372 546 and sexual health 0800 739 432 ZM Sealed Section Hey ZM Sealed Section I've been feeling really depressed and suicidal lately I have felt like this in the past but haven't felt this bad in a long long time I feel like nobody cares about me and that everybody hates me I have been slowly coming off my elazapine. Um, do you think that could be a reason for my low mood and feeling suicidal? Is it worth bringing this up to my psychiatrist? Um, I think first off that yes, potentially your low mood and um, suicidal thoughts could be associated with reducing your lorazepine. And I think that's because it, the impact of the drug on your your mental health and well-being and how it reduces anxiety and the other effects that it has. If you're reducing that, it can have an effect. And if you're reducing that without your psychiatrist knowing, then you need to have that conversation. And if your psychiatrist does know, but you're having these thoughts, yes, you also need to have that conversation. So no matter what, you need to hook back in with that psychiatrist. Yep, I agree. Um, And in the meantime, there are a lot of um, helplines out there um, with trained professionals that you can talk to um, as you're working through this and before you see your psychiatrist, um, because I think it is really important that you get professional help to work through this. Um, The first one is the Depression Helpline, and the number for that is 0800 111757, or you can text them on 4202, and that's available 24-7. The other one that is available is Talk, and you can call or text for free. Again, 24-7-1737 is the number there.
1737. Um, and I just want to say, you know, I don't know you, but we care about you. You know, the three of yeah. us here have heard your call and it may feel like nobody else has heard, but I want to say that we care about you. We don't want you going anywhere. We appreciate you listening in. And more importantly, I think, is um, we respect and I suppose admire your courage to reach out and ask yeah. for help because um, and give yourself um, a bit of a pat on the back. Even though you feel down and you may feel like you don't know what to do, you've reached out, which is the first step. You have an awareness of the fact that your withdrawal from your medication may be having an impact on you. So that's showing another step of awareness. And then you've also asked whether you should talk to your psychiatrist about this, which again for me shows that you have great awareness of what's going on with your body, with your mental health and well-being, and you have some um, awareness of the steps that you can take. So feel empowered mm. and um, you know be remembered of actually how capable you are even though you may be feeling um, in a really dark space right now, sending you so much love. Please reach out to those people that can help you. And if you're feeling a little bit low at the moment and a little bit down in the dumps, maybe even just call 1737 right now. Just have a chat to somebody. Let yeah. whatever's on your chest off your chest, and that way you've you've reached out and you've spoken to someone about this. Because obviously we can't be there fully to talk to you, but definitely get in touch with those numbers one seven three seven. You can text or call twenty four seven, and then the other numbers were yep. So the depression helpline so oh eight hundred triple one seven five seven, or you can text them on four two zero two. And make sure that you do um, have a chat with your psychiatrist as well. Thank you so much for reaching out. And we are giving you the world's biggest hug right now because you de definitely deserve that in your life. ZM Sealed Section. Where you can ask whatever you want.